this must be like a new Zoom thing. Because like this meeting is being recorded. It's like, fuck you. I don't care. <laughs> so yeah. welcome. I got my my former coworker Chewy here. Welcome. What's up, dude? Nothing, nothing. I got um I was uh, uh gonna go through some shit that was in my head about you know topics for the show and all that kind of jazz. And I got you know, I got my usual stuff, like cause the comedy club stuff is is slowly going and all that shit. But then um you know, you had uh, um, shown me the the fun little thing that we had gotten for uh, when they found my replacement, which will be will be nice. We'll be nice and vague on that one, but uh, <coughs> we'll be nice and vague on that one to protect the innocent and the guilty. But um, and, and I don't know, you you've listened to pretty much every show I've had. Have I gone into too terribly um, uh, depth on why I quit? I don't know if I have or not. I think you've covered it very politely. Okay, so yeah. less politely, <laughs> they basically made me hire my replacement. And so when we got the new guy, you know, the new guy, the one that sent the email, um, he came in and I was like, okay, I'll give him a shot. You know, I'll, I'll be nice. I'll make sure we're good and all that kind of shit. And he just fucking turned into lumber from office space, just process, 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 Hey, we're going to go ahead and do X, Y, and Z. And we're going to, you know, jump through hoops and all this bullshit. And I'm sitting there going, you know, we're a construction company, right? It's like, dude, we, we, bunch, we run with a bunch of roughnecks, you know? It's like, you know, you sit there and you're telling me I'm going to have to tell a guy who's used to, and you know, there's, there's one particular very high-end guy. Um, uh, we'll call him K. Um, he, uh, he's used to, you know exactly what I'm talking about, the guy with the mustache. Uh, he was very much used to calling me up and saying, hey, I need a laptop for all my guys, right? And he would just get it, right? Because he was in charge of, you know, multi, multi-million dollar jobs. And if he said, listen, I want $10,000 worth of my gear for my people, great, no problem. I just made it happen. And so when my new boss came on and he was like, we're not doing that anymore, this person, Kay, would come by and say, hey, listen, you know, I got a machine that's three, four years old, whatever, replace it. Normally, I would just replace it. Call up Dell, call up, you know, Apple, call up whoever I needed, whatever equipment I needed, make it happen. And it was like, no. And you know this person. He was like, fuck you mean, no. <laughs> uh, the best part was he knew why. You know, I was like, listen, you got to go talk to the boss. And it pissed him off pretty much. And I absolutely enjoyed it because it was like, yeah, yeah. Now, I want you to understand you're getting into the deep end of the pool here and you're finding out that some people just are, I've got a job to do. I don't have time for your bullshit. I'm not playing this corporate game. Just fucking make it happen. And so eventually when I started getting my ass chewed for just little dumb things, like you, I think I told the ridiculous story, um, mm -hmm. but for things like that, I was just like, I got to go, man. This is, this is fucking ridiculous. This new job is fucking phenomenal because i've got all these skills that i gained from a you know half a billion dollar a year company to now put that towards a much smaller company so i says listen i got all these things lined up for you here you go and because oh and you'll love this i'll, I'll go off on a slight tangent my i got hired on this new place and my boss literally quit like four weeks later so I was like, oh, no, what the fuck is going on? But no, he was already going to leave anyway. So, yeah. 
so anyway so they the the ceo is kind of like he's he's in a position where he's got other things going on so he leaves me completely the fuck alone like friday if i if i don't have a, a meeting at all i can literally just sit at my desk and do nothing just learn up. In fact, that's what I did Friday because I had a whole bunch of irons in the fire and I'm like, okay, I need permission for this. I need approval for this. I need this, I need this, I need this. And I got it all out there, but I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I got nothing going on. So I pulled out my <laughs> fucking new Xbox controller and I was fucking around playing video games for like an hour. It's great. <laughs> Isn't that the point of a salary position though? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Damn straight. So, well, the one thing for me that I, that I do like about being in IT, and this is something that you know, the younger listeners out there may want to kind of pay attention to. When you get into IT, depending on the kind of IT you do, like if you're a developer, none of this applies. But if you're in like infrastructure and things like that, you can automate the living shit out of a lot of things, right? So imagine if you could build something, since that's kind of, you know, what you do, if you could build something that would, <clears throat> that would allow you to do a lot of your work for you, right? You build some kind of assistant robot, whatever, right? Then all of a sudden, you know, you come in in the morning and you go, okay, assistant robot, what'd you do over the night? And it's like, hey, listen, I prepared your budgets. I went through and I, I got, uh, you know, orders done. I got this built, I got that, 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 And you're like, yeah, cool. All right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and sit and fuck around for a little while. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, there's no computer for our job yet for that waiting for it no no you know and and you're kind of a a rough dude with a rough job so yeah i mean i can never imagine that they're ever gonna like automate like you don't have to worry about like them coming out and saying hey listen you know we found cheaper you know cheaper guys that can do the job over in india you know that's not gonna happen there are actually people who do it in india really yes okay do it in india there's also people who do it in the states really Remotely? Yep. Sorry? Remotely? Yep. Really? Huh. There, there are there are people who you can send, you know, drawings to and get they will send you a basic budget for. Really? Okay. Um pro- the problem that you run into is no two people think the same. That's true. That's true. And I don't want to like make it sound like I have a hard job, but it does take some finesse and it takes takes knowing how things or at least a basic understanding of how things go together to be able to do a good takeoff. Right. Okay. So without getting too terribly in depth, and this is your comfort level, what exactly do you do? So I will take a set of plans for a new building and I do all the background paperwork with it. So I take all the ITBs or um, oh, uh, information to bidders right. and I break it all apart and I kind of put it back together in more of a usable order so that we can go through it quicker. Right. I send everything out to our subs and vendors right. and they go do their job with it and then I do a full take off on anything that is concrete okay. and any or um and even some things that just touch it so like a steel embed or a right. steel anchor bolt because those are things we're gonna have to touch right but you're not uh, swinging a hammer though 
no, I'm not swinging a hammer. No. Um, I've never actually worked in the concrete field. I did mechanics and welding. Okay. So I have put, you know, I put things together. Right. But not, not in this particular field, I haven't. Last time I did welding, I was 25. So this is 20-ish years ago. <laughs> and it was a buddy of mine who does know how to weld, um, the guy who's a lot on this show. And my mother called me up and said, I've got this, this uh, lawnmower. I need, uh, it's rusting all to hell. And I'm sitting there going, mom, buy a new, buy a new lawnmower. They're 100, 200 bucks, buy a new fucking mower. And my mom is an old school farm girl from nebraska she's like nah i think there's more life left in this thing just well <laughs> literally like the wheel where the wheel attached to the frame of the mower that oh, yeah. all that frame had rusted away so what she wanted yep. was she wanted me to take it off weld a steel plate put the wheel back on and i'm sitting there going you got to be shitting me okay fine right so <clears throat> me and a buddy of mine we go down get a hunk of steel he says listen it's not that hard I'll just, I'll help you out. You can weld this, right? Be nice for your mom. Fine, whatever. So we go get the steel. We come back. He's showing me on a spare piece of steel. Here's how you do it. You know, stick weld, you know. I'm like, all right. And it's it's dark. I got this helmet on. I can't see a goddamn thing, right? And so I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. It's the shittiest weld you ever saw, but it's like, okay, I make it work. So I get it, you know, going and it's, it's nice and solid enough. And I get it there and I go, okay, ma, here you go. And she goes, oh my God, you know, great. Thanks, appreciate it. And she's really appreciative. And she goes, oh, man, this takes me back to when I was in welding school. And I'm like, excuse me? She goes, oh, yeah, I didn't tell you. She says, when I was um, when I was in school, um, in college, she says, I took welding. And then eventually it got to the point where, like, I'm like, hey, I'm kind of good at this. And so she had, like, a solid year's worth of welding experience. And eventually she got a job. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this sounds like the fucking plot to Flashdance, you know? <laughs> But I'm like, if you can weld, why the fuck are you making me do it? She's like, well, I want you to learn a skill. <laughs> I don't need to learn a fucking skill. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Yeah. Exactly. Although I, I saw something really interesting that I thought we could tap, chat about, and it's a fucking weirdest thing. So normally I jump on, and you've heard the show a million times. I jump on and I talk to interesting people and I talk about interesting things and blah, blah, blah. And usually it's just like random shit. You know, oh, this guy over here politically is doing some dumb shit. Oh, this guy over here did some dumb mm -hmm. shit um and then you know you know we're talking about me and it's like oh here's some dumb shit i'm doing and i saw a thing and people don't realize this um the last major legislation that trump had signed buried deep was i don't know i don't know if it was him that did it or if it was some other dude but he said the government is going to release all ufo files like oh. documents videos all that kind of shit and i'm like get the yep fuck out of here right so they have been and so i'm watching this going the fucking ufos are real man and so i'm watching this and i'm sitting there thinking about all the old times we're talking 25 30 years ago where like you had a guy who was like no man ufos are real i'm fucking telling you and you're like ah he's just a whack job he doesn't know the fuck he's talking about whatever and all of a sudden he's sitting there you know he's in his, his bathrobe going i fucking told you so <laughs> And I've seen some of these things going, yeah, I'm not saying little green men or anything like that, but I am saying that like some of these things have some really unique properties. You know, the Navy ships are getting swarmed like crazy. And I'm like, I'm not so sure that it's little green men as if it isn't like 
you know, uh, like the Russians or the Chinese or something like that. And they just happen to have like advanced drones or some shit like that. And the whole time I'm sitting there going, shoot them down. Am I the, am I the bad guy here for something to go shoot it down? See what happens. You know, if, <laughs> if, if like lasers come out and all sorts of shit, you know, little green men pop out. Okay. Th- that's true. If not, shoot it down and you go, great. Well, now we're going to send the, you know, a Navy SEAL dive team down there to pick it up. And you kind of study it and go, okay, this is some Chinese shit. All right, we'll figure it out and figure out what the hell they're doing and go from there. But uh, I was looking at that going, fuck, man, UFOs are real. (laughs) And so it got me thinking about that. And then um, there was a uh, 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 Enemy of the State. Do you ever see that with Will Smith? I love that movie. Loved it, too. It was one of my favorite um, government conspiracy, shadowy kind of movie. That yep. and there was one with Mel Gibson called, and it was in and out of the theater pretty quickly. But it was called Conspiracy Theory. He had uh, Julia Roberts in it, and yep. both movies you watched them back then, and you went, "Oh, this is all wild fantasy Hollywood bullshit." And I'm like, "No, these are damn near documentaries at this point." <laughs> yeah, the of the state I liked better. I thought it was a little bit more. Um, I thought it was better put together. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, my favorite was when Gene Hackman was talking and he says the government and the telecommunication companies have been in bed for decades. He says, you get on a phone and you say, uh, bomb president, whatever we flag it. We know about it. And I'm sitting there going, there's no way they got it. I'm like, no, nope, they really fucking do. <laughs> yeah, I genuinely believe that back then. I was thinking that it, it, it wasn't that they weren't in, com- in, in conjunction with telecommunication companies. I was just thinking that the technology to where you said bomb and president might've been a little bit of far. In other words, I didn't think a technology was there, but then of course, you know, I'm thinking of it from the perspective and to be fair, I was you know, 25 or something like that, you know, young, dumb and full of cum, but uh, <laughs> I love that phrase, <laughs> but um I'm used to the technology that as a consumer I had, right? You know, you got your little piece of shit, you know, machine with like 32 meg of RAM and, you know, maybe a gig hard drive or some shit like that. In the meantime, not understanding that the government basically has unlimited resources so then they can go ahead and buy huge amounts of stuff that can have those capabilities, <clears throat> which now, of course, you know, my phone can do more than a lot of those supercomputers could do back then. Yep. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is that racetrack thing above your head? Is that a slot car? No, it's actually an HO scale train set. Uh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yep. you know those, those hobby things where you you know what I'm talking about, like the old men who have like an entire room filled with trains and they got like little figures and shit. Uh, no, I don't have anything that cool. Yeah. No, no, this is just a. Um, it does do a big figure eight. Okay. Oh wow. And so it goes all the way around the room in like a big circle. Right. There's four switch tracks on it, so I can switch it up depending on what I want to do. Right. Yeah. Wow. I had that. I had the train since I was like eight or nine years old. My dad built me one on a four by eight sheet of plywood. Right. And we did, you know, the fake little grass and some trees and a little town. And then it kind of didn't get used for a long time. When we finally bought our own house, I, you know, did the actual track of it. And I did it in AutoCAD. Oh, okay. All right. I couldn't figure out the angles at the end for the figure eight okay. and how to cut the wood correctly. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it actually reminds me of, so I've talked a little bit about my dad and my dad was just a Harley riding meth head piece of shit. Right. 
Um, and even the, the other Harley riders just didn't really like him because he was a meth head piece of shit. But <clears throat> reminds me of one of his friends. His friend's name, and I, I, I know I have not talked about this. I don't, I'm pretty sure I haven't talked about this. <clears throat> his name was Steve Bailey. And he was an old, kooky, childlike Vietnam vet. You know those guys where, like, they got a room full of toys and they've never grown up? Let's just pretend you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the shit behind you. <laughs> not like I can talk. I got a fucking room full of this shit. So yeah. um, You should see my garage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, man. You know, I got, um, in fact, there was one time, just for a side note, um, so the uh, new Star Wars trilogy had come out in the 90s when they were doing this, the, the last three with, like, Anakin Skywalker becomes Vader and all that shit. And when I was a little kid, I wanted one of those four-legged AT-AT walkers from Empire Strikes Back. Oh, of course. Yeah. I wanted one so bad but they were 50 bucks then. And my mom was like, you're out of your fucking mind. I'm not spending that kind of money because we had no money back then. And me and my old lady at the time, we were walking through Target and they had re-released the toys. And I'm like, oh my God, I want that. And it was 75 bucks then. And she's like, ah, I don't know. And, and and she's like, she was the kind of person where it was like, if she wanted something, we would figure out a way to make it happen. If I wanted something, it's like, well, we can't afford it. Either. I'm like, whatever. So I'm literally, I'm like, oh, I want this. And I grab it. And she goes, I don't know if I can. And I literally just go plop and throw it in the cart. And she's like, I, you know, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you, I'm buying this. Now, if you want to have World War III here in Target, that's fine. But I'm still going to buy it. <laughs> just now we're going to have an audience. <laughs> oh, so, boy. Anyway, uh, Steve Bailey, super nice guy. But he was a giant kid. I mean, he was... I think he was in his mid thirties when he died. Um, but he was mid thirties. He was into RC cars and this is in like 81, 82, 83. So like they were very niche, they niche, whatever. They were very expensive. He hand built a bunch of this shit. He had um, a giant room filled with train sets. And that's kind of what reminded me of all this. And he had every, every fucking toy. He never got married um i think it was just because he was always joking around and like ah just, you know i'll get another girl tomorrow you know whatever and uh but the reason why i remember him was one he was a super nice guy he'd always let me play with the uh um uh, the you know remote control cars and stuff. And these were gas powered electric um uh or electric not electric but they were gas powered cars so nitro yep just fucking fast as hell and of course i'm like nine so i'm like fuck yeah you know all that shit (laughs) but what caught me was he was actually murdered and so he and i'll tell this story and it's fucking dark but whatever he went out one night to a bar and was flirting with this girl this girl happened to be the old lady of a leader of a local gypsy joker bike biker gang um and she was flirting back and he didn't know he was just like what the fuck you know so he's at a bar he's flirting with her whatever gypsy joker guy saw that didn't like that grabbed him threw him in the back of the car drove him way out to east vancouver murdered him the horrible horrible shit the guy got like 25 years or some shit like that it was this big, giant local story, blah, blah, blah. Um, and come to find out, because I'm actually really good at finding shit on the internet, the guy that killed him has been released from prison and actually lives about a mile that way. Which I'm like, oh, come on, man. 
don't don't tempt me like that. I'm just looking at his house going, eh, you know, houses burst into flames all the time. Don't know what happened. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, he's been dead, fuck, almost 40 years now. He died in 83. Super, super nice guy, though. But well, let me play with his train set. Let me play with his, uh, um, let me play with his RC cars. Um, and, and just super, super nice guy. But anyway, that was kind of what reminded me. I was like, ooh, trains. I'm like, ooh, I know a guy who used to like playing with trains. <laughs> Here, let me tell you about this murder that happened. <laughs> a little sidetrack. But yeah, exactly. you know, it happens, you know. What the? <laughs> so what's new and exciting in your land? Oh, jeez. I'm so happy to have three days off. Oh, you're not kidding, dude. Oh man. Sheesh. No, other than that, just um I finally got to go sturgeon fishing for the first time in probably a decade. Right. I saw so the that picture. Huh? I saw the picture. Yeah, dude, man. 47 inches. It's just perfect. Right in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't been fishing for fucking ever. And it just never really got me, you know. My my grandfather, you know, he was an old school World War II vet. Take the kid, grandkids hunting and fishing, things like that. And it was just never one of those things that I liked. It was like, okay, we're out here, I'm having fun with grandpa, you know, walking through the woods or sitting on his boat or whatever. But it was like, okay, grandpa, what are we gonna do next? And he's like, we're here to kill shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not the most entertaining and like act sport mm-hmm. you could think of, but. It's really fun when you catch a good sturgeon, though, because they fight really good. Oh, really? I mean, and they'll they'll sit there and, like, swim at you, and oh, so right. you're just reeling, 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 trying to keep up with them right. because you can use, you know, a barbed hook. And so then, then they'll go under the boat, then they'll come back around, then they'll just start swimming away from you, and you don't stop them. You just have to wear them out, so... Yeah, it's the second funnest thing to fish besides um, tuna is the best that I've done yet. I was surprised how big tuna got because, you know, I'm always, I, I never really, I'd say up until about 15 years ago, I had never seen an actual tuna. I just assumed, you know, <laughs> they're about, you know, yay big, whatever, they come in a can. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I saw a guy go, oh, I caught a tuna and it's just 500 pound monstrosity. And I'm like, are you shit that really that? No, no. So the ones I caught were more of the 20 pound variety. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. About 15 to 30 pounds. I think we were catching out about 30 miles off Oregon coast. Right. Okay. So, yeah. I was surprised though, that the Japanese apparently they really love their tuna and there are certain tunas where you can spend a million bucks and I'm sitting there thinking, okay. And it was something like a 500 pound fish and I'm sitting there going, okay, so that's like, you know, and if my math, I might be off by a decimal, but that's like a couple hundred bucks a pound. Oh, yes. Like how in the hell or, are you? For thousands of dollars a pound for some of the rare tuna. Yes. But I just, I, it doesn't, I don't get it though. That's my, that's my. Oh, I, I don't get it. Either. Uh-huh. I don't get it either. I, I think it's silly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe they're making money on it, but it's like, woof. You know, well, they sell it for sushi. Okay. But even yeah. then, how much sushi can you make? I have, oh, have you ever seen the shows where they cut those up? No, but I, I did see a thing on Japanese knives today, but go ahead. Someone sent me a video once of cutting up one of those rare tuna. Mm-hmm. 
And I admit I didn't watch the whole thing because it doesn't really interest me. I'm like, okay, you caught a cool big fish. But, dude, they had, imagine like a samurai sword, except it's like eight feet long. The super long blade so they can get way down next to the bones and just take these huge fillets off. Because if you think about a fish that big, you can't cut up with a normal knife. You have to have something custom. That's true. It, It was pretty cool. Yeah. I remember seeing a video, God, this must have been 20 years ago. Um, it was how they process beef. And they literally shoved the cow in this thing, had a metal thing, pulled it up, and this dude literally just had this giant knife and just went, and I'm like, how do you walk away normal from that, dude? Man, I uh, I mean, it is an animal, though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I- I butchered elk. Real, you know what I mean. It, it sounds all weird and philosophical, but fish don't feel real when you, when you're gutting a fish. But like a cow, you're like, eh, it's a little different, you know. Yeah. See, I I kind of feel worse for the fish. Yeah. To tell you the truth, because you know when I go hunting, right? I don't. For one, I don't do thousand yard shots. I think that's. I don't think that's ethical. Okay. For one, I, I think you can get closer. Okay. And um, it's over pretty quick. Right. You know, you do a good shot. You know, my dad, we, we go for neck shots now. And I mean, it's over instantaneously. Okay. We get close enough. We feel comfortable. Neck shot, it literally just drops where it stands. Boom, okay. over. And dude, a freaking fish, you hook it with this hook. Yep. Rip it out of the water. Yep. Beat it over the head. I'm like, and I love, I love you have a, people who won't eat meat but they'll eat a fish i'm like no you should just eat both if you're gonna eat meat come on yeah it's but no i I like fishing it's fun so yeah so what's uh, i I guess and and you might be right but so what's unethical about a thousand yard shot versus say like a 200 yard shot i think there's i mean obviously if you feel comfortable doing it i guess it changes playing field but i think there's too many variables that come in when you're shooting that distance and i see what you're saying okay it's the same as uh bow hunters there are a lot of bow hunters that will take 50 60 yard shots with a bow right and not saying you can't you know i could hit a target at 50 60 yards no problem right the problem is that they move okay so it's not so it's not necessarily a, it's unethical because I want to give the animal a fighting chance. It's more of a, I want to make sure that when I do take my chance, I'm going to get it and it's going to be over. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah Cause I was sitting there, I was like, wait a minute, you know, it doesn't matter. And so but when you said, Hey, we're going to get closer. I'm like, yeah, you get them with a little garage. You're like, you're going to go sleep with the fishes. <laughs> oh no. I, I could care less about that to me. It's just making sure that when you take a shot, you know you're gonna drop your animal right so yeah like my the couple deer i've taken were at about i think 30 yards right you know with a bow speed i mean they they can technically move but they have a lot less chance of doing it right so yeah it's yeah now that's what i meant by ethical it's like well you know you shoot a thousand yards it takes your bullet what probably three to four seconds right to go that far and i mean frick you know deer could have done a 360 by them and going you know 
balls to the walls running and then you hit in the rear haunches or something and just yeah it's it's not cool in my book but that's fair i mean if you're gonna go hunting you know you want to make sure that you know it's, it's a it's a clean kill and that's it mm-hmm. yeah pretty much yeah my uh my buddy down in arizona he's a uh iraq uh, war veteran and super nice guy but you you know those those kind of veterans where you know he's just a little off oh yeah see how you cannot uh, get he stuff used, like that. Uh, he used to tell stories about oh man he says i love killing hajis loved it he says i would go back in a minute if i could and he would tell stories about oh man you know we have some fun we do whatever he says and then you know sometimes you're you, you hit a guy and you think you got him but turns out you just wing them a little bit so now you're walking up on him and he's kind of crawling through the desert and he's got blood all over the place and you go you doing all right buddy he goes oh yeah i'm fine what's up you want to go get a bite to eat <laughs> oh, God. i've been asking him to get on the show for a while too i'm like dude you gotta come on he's like ah i almost had to fly down there um he uh uh, apparently he liked drinking which is fine you want to drink drink have a good time right but he was taking it a little way too seriously and so me and my family member we've we've known this guy 40 years and so it was like hey this guy sounds like he's in rough shape so i was literally just about ready to buy a plane ticket fly down there hey dude what do you need help you get back on your feet blah 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 because he's always been like super ripped in shape when you think like marine this is what he looked like and I saw a picture of him like, that's not my buddy. That's that dude is bloated and clear as day needs to stop getting on the sauce. So, but my family member went down there and basically went, listen, I love you. Knock it off. <laughs> and so he's fine now, but yeah, every now and then he just, he would, and the thing is like, he would, he would tell a little bit of the story at like dinner time, and I'm like, you understand you got like 12 year olds sitting around, right? This is easy, 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 you know? Like, um, we were at like an Olive Garden, which to him, that's fine dining, but he was, uh, <laughs> but don't get me wrong, I love the breadsticks. <laughs> he, um, he was talking and he said, because um, he had a job, and uh, he's like, ah, I don't know, I like my, you know, I like my other job I had in Iraq, and like a moron, uh, my family member's 12 year old goes, What job was that? And he goes, Ah, killing people. And I'm like, Shut up. <laughs> what are you doing? These are kids, man. You can tell me that all day long. I'll, you, I'll listen to you and your fucking horrible stories and all that shit. Totally fine. But come on, man. She, she's fucking 12. She's a girl. She, she likes fucking ponies and interested in boys and stupid shit, right? You talk about blowing a dude's head off or having him crawl through the sand with fucking blood gushing out of him. You know, it's going to skew her a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, just a little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I got my new, uh, um, I got this new toy. It's kind of oh, empty, but uh, I got a little Synology box now. I got, um, because of the comedy club, the comedy club right now is on pause, sort of. And what I mean by that is bank came back, said, listen, the SBA um, wants his numbers to be higher. Um, in terms of like revenue and all that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Well, he's at three quarter capacity right now. He's making like at the, t- at the time, I think he's making like eight grand a month in profit. He's going to make about 15 grand a month. And by August, I'm like, what is the fucking holdup here? And they said, well, it's because it's a leased building, not a, not a own building. This is an own building, not a big deal. So I talked to the, uh, the broker and the bank. We had a uh, meeting and said, listen, I just asked them to push it off until August. Their bank is saying, wait until August, blah, blah, blah. If we're happy with that, great. So 
uh, the owner is mulling it over right now, but I really don't think he has much of a choice because it's not me saying no, it's the bank saying, and it's not even the bank saying no, they're just saying, hey, wait until you get to X. Because if he decides to say, nah, you know, I'm going to pull it back and I'm going to put it back on the market. By the time you get it back on the market and you get somebody else, they're going to go to the bank and the bank's going to say the same thing. So you got a guy who's willing to buy it and your other clubs for your asking price. And all you got to do is wait a little bit. I said, and two, um, you know, the only way that you're going to get around that is if somebody comes out and says, yeah, you know what, I'll go ahead and I'll buy this and all your other clubs and I'm going to just pay cash and avoid the bank altogether. So yep. I, I, in fact, that's what the broker said. He says, there's no reason why this shouldn't go through. He says, I, he says, I think he doesn't like it because he wanted, he was hoping to just kind of get, get it done and over with I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But, um, so he's been doing his thing. Well, I bought this Synology box because I want a camera system because a buddy of mine, an ex buddy of mine, um, was a bouncer at a strip club here in Portland. And he got into a, he said, she said, and the, uh, he then to be fair, he's a large man and he's got uh, a lot of experience in MMA because he was a cage fighter for a little while. And he asked this guy to leave. And he says, listen, you're getting rowdy. You're getting drunk. You're getting a little too handsy with the girls. Can't get handsy with the girls. You know, calm down. We'll let it slide, but don't do it again. The guy's like, all right. And then sure enough, uh, he put down a dollar for one of the girls. The girl went to grab the dollar when the song was over and he snatched her wrist. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> don't do that. Don't ever touch the girls. And for the love of God, don't ever touch, snatch their wrist. So she screamed rightfully so so he snatched him was like that's it you're gone started walking him towards the door and about halfway between his seat and the door the drunk guy decided i think i'm going to take a swing at it so he did one of those wild slow completely telegraphed drunk swings oh he missed <laughs> and my buddy went hmm well i've ducked that swing and i see this nice floor right here so i'm gonna take him down so he grabbed his arm, twisted it, slammed it shoulder first into the ground, popped him a couple of times, threw him out. Cops called, assault charges, uh, blah, 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 were threatened but never came to be. But anyways, they had this really nice camera system. So I'm like, okay, that's what I want. I want to be able to say, no, 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 this guy started it, therefore X, Y, and Z, and just you know, basically protect my guys. That's the mm -hmm. last thing I need is one of those he said, she said things. Although... <laughs> I won't use his name. There was another guy that I know who was also a bouncer there and he just did it as a side gig. He had a full-time job, but he is a world champion Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt monster kind of guy. And he's Brazilian. <coughs> he was my old coach and he's a scary dude. And he would always, whenever I would come into the gym, he would always go, Hey, what is your gi? I'm like, hey, dude, I'm, today's kickboxing day, man. Because he'd always want me to go to his class. And I'm like, listen, I'll go to your class, but, you know, I got kickboxing tonight. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, you come back. You help me with computer. I help you with this. And then you should just go get your gi. Okay. And I would help him with his computer. <clears throat> In fact, I, I don't know if I ever told this, but this is funny. So side note. So he calls me one day. And this isn't the original thought, but he calls me one day and he says, hey, I, I need you to come to my house. And I need you to help me um, uh, get some stuff back. Something got deleted and uh, you need to hurry. 
And I go, okay, why? He says, please, you need to hurry. Wife will be home in a little while. Okay, fine. Now you have to understand this is 10, 15 years ago. So I get to his house and I bring all of my IT goodies, like undelete utilities and all this shit. <coughs> so he had a Windows XP machine and he wanted to install this game. And he went to install the game and the game said, hey, you don't have enough space. And so he went, huh, well, I don't need this folder. So oh. he this folder. Here's the problem. This is, this is bad enough. I'm thinking... Oh, you, you deleted like, cause his wife was, I think she was just out of college. So it's like maybe her thesis or some shit like that. No, no, no. She, they had just had a baby. She had one of those cameras that had a memory card in it. So she was taking all these pictures and then she was like, Oh, the camera's full. So she would take the camera memory card out and toss it into the computer and copy it over there and then wipe out the camera and, or the little memory card, and put it back in, take more pictures. She had oh, yeah. thousands of brand new baby pictures and he had wiped them all out. They were completely irreplaceable. So he goes, you need to help me? <laughs> and she, she was a little little thing. She was all like four foot nothing, right? But he goes, please, please, you, you, you have to help me. I'm like, okay, I'll help you out. But, you know, just tell me how much time I've got. It's like 8.20, right? She's going to be home at nine because she had a, she works swing. Fine. So I get my elite utility. It says, here's all your stuff. And he goes, oh, that's perfect. Grab it. So I'm grabbing it and I'm restoring everything, right? I'm like, kill your, your game, kill all your other miscellaneous stuff you don't need, restore everything. I'm restoring everything. And it's sitting there going, please wait, 45 minutes remaining. I'm like, that's cutting it real close. So we're waiting, waiting, waiting. And it's slowly doing everything. And I'm like, all right. And then all of a sudden it's literally got two minutes remaining. And I'm like, all right, cool. I think we're gonna make it. And all of a sudden our car pulls into the driveway and he goes, oh, oh no. Uh, what do I do? And I'm like, fucking stall her. What do you mean? What do you do? Stall her. And he goes, what do I tell her? And I go, tell her I'm here. The computer was acting up. It was being slow. So I'm just giving it a tune up. I says, but keep yeah. her downstairs. He goes, okay. So he goes downstairs. First words out of her mouth. Why is he here? It's nine o'clock at night. So he goes, oh, computer acting up. He happened to be in the neighborhood. He helping out. She's like, okay, cool. She shouts up, hey, do you want a drink? I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm almost done. I'll be down there in a minute. And I'm literally watching it going five, four, three. Two. <laughs> she literally is walking up the stairs and it's like three, two. And I'm like, no, hurry up, hurry up. And he goes, one, done. And I close it. I grab my thumb drive. I pull it out. I put it in my pocket and I turn and she's rounding the corner. She goes, oh, what's going on? I says, oh, I think I'm done. I says, let's go ahead and check everything out. And she's like, okay, cool. So we're opening up Miss Lane's things. And I go, oh, hey, let's see what your data. I says, you had a little bit of a virus. No big deal. Didn't wipe anything out. Cause this is long before ransomware. So we're going through and she's looking through and I go, oh, hey, hey, you got baby pictures. Oh, show me your baby pictures, right? Cause I wanted to see that they got recovered and I'm opening them up and sure enough, they're there. There's that, there's that. And she's like, oh yeah, I remember this one. Oh, this one's irreplaceable. And I go, well, here's something you may want to understand. I says, um, you, you're saying that they're irreplaceable and that's okay. Go get yourself another hard drive. Just buy like a little external hundred dollar hard drive. Just make a copy. Don't move them. Just make a copy. She goes, okay, I'll do that. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so she's like, okay, well, do you want some dinner? I'm making dinner. I'm like, no, I got to get back. You know, but that's okay. Thank you very much. I just happen to be in the neighborhood helping them out. Okay, cool. So <laughs> he comes back. I go downstairs and he's like, okay, I, I, I'll see you later. I'm like, all right, cool. He pulls me aside the next day. Now, he used to give what are known as privates. Private is a private lesson, right? They're very expensive. At the time, they were about 75 bucks per 
and they, but there was a known MMA guy um, because a lot of guys came out of the gym that I was going to. We had like um, Randy Couture and Matt Lindland and Chael Sonnen and uh, what the fuck was his name? Uh, I had two brothers. They were Irish pricks. Uh, anyway, um, nice guys. But uh, anyways, this was a real MMA gym and a lot of guys went to UFC. So he pulls me aside and he goes, hey, hey, I give you, I give you five privates. Thank you very much. You say you save me. You save me. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> he goes through the whole class for everybody. He goes, hey, hey, this guy, he saved me. Okay. You make sure you're extra nice to him or I will not be nice to you. Because <laughs> he's like 6'3 and he's just cut. Just this monster of a man. And I'll show you a picture after, after the show. Just a fucking beast of a dude. So anyways, that's the kind of guy he is. So fast forward, he's working at the strip club, right? As a bouncer. <clears throat> he's working at the door, minding his own business, taking IDs, doing all that shit. And all of a sudden, some drunk dude decides he's just going to punch him in the mouth. And I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? So he walked up, went boom, and ran out the door thinking, oh, ha ha, I got him. He's not going to do anything. No. This guy, because he's an MMA guy, his cardio is phenomenal. So, you know, the strip club that is on Burnside? No. I'm talking about? Okay, I'll, I'll show you later. Anyway, it's on Burnside, right? So he runs out the door, he takes off, and he's like, nope, you don't get away with that. Jumped out of his seat, ran after him. They're going through the neighborhoods. The guy's like, come on, man, stop, knock it off, whatever, I'm sorry, you know? He's like, no, no, you got to ask what been coming. <laughs> He turns around. The guy runs back to the club thinking, okay, I'm going to run, get into my car, and just bolt. Well, when he ran, he turned, and he tripped. And you know when you trip, but you don't quite fall, you kind of do this stumble thing? Oh, yeah. But when he stumbled, he goes in for this double-leg takedown and goes, boom! Slams him up against these metal, you know, the old-school metal garbage cans? Oh, yes. Boom into those. Knocks him down. He grabs a hold of the garbage can lid and just boom, 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 beats the hell out of this guy. Cops come the whole night and they pick him up and he goes, he beat the hell out of me with a garbage can and he's going on and on and on. And this is back in 2005, I think, something like that. So it didn't really have, they had cameras inside, but not cameras outside. And he goes, no, I did not hit him with that. He says, I don't know. Maybe he fell. <laughs> and the cops are looking at him like he didn't fall and he's like you know what fuck that guy that's bullshit and he goes you know what i think you should just go home and call it a day you know because this is back and you know they're, the cops aren't like this now but cops back then they're like listen i don't want to deal with this paperwork bullshit i just i just fucking yeah. call it a day and the guy's like all right all right fine but you better watch yourself and i'm like dude shut the fuck up <laughs> playing with a tiger there like jeez oh, yeah, I got to find it for you. This guy is just a fucking beast of a dude, so. Oh, frick. Do you got uh, anything like that? Any fun oh, little goodies that you've ever done? Oh, dude, I've lived, like, the most boring life on the planet. Yeah? No. I was even homeschooled, dude. I mean, I was. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I was homeschooled all the way through high school. Right. Um, and then I got my GED and then went to college. Right. I just, For a little bit. In, I just sent you a link in chat so you can see what he looks like. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, I went to like public schools in a rough neighborhood. I was the only white kid in an all black neighborhood, so that was made me a target for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, uh, in fact, do you see do you see that link that I just sent? Yeah, except I can't figure out how to click it. it disappeared. It'll not like you. It's all right. Look at all the medals on his chest from winning all these like tournaments and shit. Oh, here we go. Okay, you got it. Yeah, I think I got it. Yeah, you got it. Oh, damn. Someone screwed with this guy? Yep. They thought it was a good idea to go fucking with him. (laughs) And the thing is, he was the nicest guy to me. Because I was nice and I was respectful and, you know, we never had any issues and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's the one that taught me how to do a heel hook. And if you don't know what a heel hook is, basically... um, Oh, I lost your video. Oh, there you are. Um, Basically, if your foot is like this... And I get it right here in the crook of my elbow, and I kind of we kind of almost like interlock legs. I grab a hold of it and I twist like this. And when I twist, your ankle comes with me, even though it's not designed for that. And you scream. <laughs> I had a lot of fun, you know. And the thing is, is that I, every now and then I'll have like the hankering to go back and do it because I did it for probably about two years. Got really good at it. My cardio was really great. Fact, um, I dislocated my pinky. Kind of hard to see, but I dislocated this pinky right here. Uh, yeah, you can see how it's kind of lumpy. There we go. Mm. Um, but uh, I really like doing it. In fact, I got a buddy of mine who's a coach who still does it. I'm like, hey man, we should totally get together and do it again. You know, maybe I go to the gym like three t- three nights a week, and then I go to uh, I go take a class. Uh, you know, say two nights a week or maybe Saturdays or some shit like that. And he's like, no, no, dude, no. I'm like, why? What's the problem? He goes, dude, we're in our 40s. This is a young man's game. I'm like, are you sure? And he says, just just trust me, dude. Just fucking trust me. He says, you're going to go home. You're going to find out that, like, you know, your joints ain't what they used to be. Your cardio definitely is not what it used to be. He says, you will come in here and you will get embarrassed. And I says, well, I was embarrassed when I first started. And it's, you know, you got to get back up to speed. And he goes, nobody gets up to speed, dude. He says, I'm in the same boat. He says, because cause he's been coaching for 10 years, 15 years, something like that. And he said, listen, I would love to roll again myself. And he says, and I'm in way better shape than you are. And he says, and I'm not doing it. I'm like, all right, fair enough, I guess. I don't know. I enjoyed it only because it was great exercise. I got to go for free because I would fix their computers. Mm -hmm. They would, uh, um, they called me up one time and they said, Hey, listen, you know, your buddy said that you know how to fix computers. Yeah. Why? What's up? Uh, they had some bullshit thing. I fixed them all up and they said, Hey, you know, we really like to help you out. This is, and at the time they were a small gym and they go, listen, we don't have a lot of money. We can pay you, but we don't have a lot of money. And I says, well, I'll tell you what, let me go to all your classes for free and I'll fix your computers forever. And they were like, fuck yeah, come on in. So I was going <laughs> to classes because they had like multiple layers of classes. So they had like, you can take one class a week, you can take two classes a week. Or then they had like the pro, they called pro fighter. But basically if you wanted to fight for a living, this is what you want. And that one was 250 bucks a month. And so I would go to all the classes. So I was like, hey, I'll go to the classes that the pro fighters are taking, right? And there'd be these guys, I call them chihuahuas. They just come in and just bark, 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 just run their mouth. Really nice people, but every one of them would look at me like, why the fuck are you here? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm just, I, I like I like doing this for exercise. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Are you planning on t- being a pro fighter? I'm like, oh, God, no. I, use, I work on my brain for a living. I'll get rattled. I says, and besides, I know me, you know, I'll take a shot to the face and be like, I've made a mistake. And now I'm in a ring with somebody with 500 people around me, you know? <laughs> So they're like, well, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, just keep my skills up. Um, but uh, 
yeah, I had tons and tons of fun at that place. Really nice people. In fact, there's, there's a couple of skills that I learned there that I can still, you know how like you learn a skill and for whatever reason, it just clicks with you and you always remember that skill. And there's some skills oh, yeah. you've done a million times and you just don't get it. The heel hook, mm-hmm. the arm bar, the rear naked choke. Um, God, what was the other one? Oh, <laughs> I think I've told this before. But I had a guy, we were practicing arm bar defense. He had me in an arm bar, but he was laying on the ground. And he's got my arm like this. And <clears throat> he was a total chihuahua. This guy was just cut, not an ounce of body fat on him. And he was probably like 20, 25, something like that. And he came in, I'm going to walk through everybody. I'm the baddest motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and this is out on uh, 182nd and Stark. So he's running his mouth, running his mouth. And I'm like, dude, just come in, just be nice and be respectful. You, you'll get far. You're not going to walk through everybody. I guarantee you sooner or later, you're going to get a punch in the mouth. That's going to rock your world. Well, we're rolling, we're, we're doing our thing. And uh, in this one rolling session that we did, um, the first thing we did was he had me in an arm bar uh, laying down and I kept saying, you don't have it. And when you do an arm bar, you want to make sure that person's thumb is pointing towards the sky. Cause then you got that elbow that locks. So then you can just really mm. pressure on it. And he's like, I got my, cause he had my arm like this. And I'm like, dude, I wiggle my arm. You're not paying attention. And he wasn't paying attention. I said, dude, you've got to, you know, do what the coach says. And he's like, no, 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 I got it. And he's like squeezing and moving his hips around. I'm like, dude, I said, here's the thing. You basically got to count to five. And if you don't, you know, figure this out and do it right, then here's what's going to happen. I'm going to jump on top of you and I'm going to make things real uncomfortable. No, no, no. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, fine. So I can do what's known as hitchhiking out, which basically I just kind of turn my body and then it takes all the pressure off your elbow. But when I did that, I jumped into his guard. So now I'm on top of him in between his legs. I've got this hand on his shoulder and my elbow in his throat. And I put my hand over the top of his nose and mouth. And I'm like, mm, you smell good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because I enjoyed being creepy, right? I wanted to have some fun with him, right? Well, what he did was one of the defenses you can do is you can take your foot and you put it on the person's hip and you push off, right? So now mm-hmm. he does that. The problem is we've been rolling for about 20 minutes at this point. So we're coated in sweat. So he takes it, he puts his foot on my hip and he pushes off. Well, when he pushes off, <laughs> the shorts come off. And I hear, <clears throat> you want to pull your shorts up? And the guy goes, uh, are you naked on top of me? And I go, yeah. And I'm leaning into him. So I'm on my tippy toes, leaning on this guy. Like, this looks like almost like a rape. <laughs> and so I go, come on. He's like, you know what? You know what? You're good. I tap, I tap, I tap. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I get up, stand up, sweaty, floppy cock going all over the place pull up my shorts oh. he goes can, can, does that count against me he's like oh yeah he totally beat you you tapped <laughs> so the second time you have to ask <laughs> exactly so the uh second time he were practicing arm bar t- uh practicing arm bar defense right so he's got me in an arm bar and what the, the defense is is that i kind of stand up a little bit and so he's laying on his back like this. And what I do is I stand up and then I lean into him. So I'm kind of folding him in half. That takes all the pressure off my arm. Then I can kind of figure out whatever to do. <clears throat> if you're strong enough, <clears throat> or if, you know, you just happen to have just the right uh, uh, leverage, you can actually reach down, grab a hold of your hand, pick them up, and then slam them on the ground. Yep. Now, to be fair, we're on mats that are probably, you know, two inches thick. So I go, Hup. Boom. When I hit him, he went, 
bleh, and just completely Jesus it, right? Laying there like, oh, oh God, oh God. So my coach says, hey, we haven't practiced that. You can't do that. And that was fair because I would never do a move on somebody that had not been taught in the class because I was, I was always taking the beginner classes over just kind of keep the sharp skills sharp. Oh, okay. And so they were like, hey, easy, easy. Now this guy is probably... I, I don't think it was his first time. I think it may be his second or third time. So anyways, class is over. It's an hour class. You are pouring sweat. Even if you're in great shape, you're pouring sweat. So we go back. There's a bench area right next to, to where everybody's rolling. And I'm, you know, talking to him. I'm like, hey, man, you know, you're doing pretty good. I said, but you really got to pay attention to what the coach says. You know, coach is saying, do this, do this. I says, the guy's been doing this forever. He's the coach. He knows what he's talking about. And he's like, oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's, uh, and you can just see sweat just pouring off this kid. And he's like, oh, it's, oh wow. Now, I am 35-ish at this point. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you got some potential. You're in great shape. Cardio's, you know, need some work, but I'm, I'm thinking you're fine. And as he's saying this, I'm putting on my boxing gloves. And he goes, oh, I'm just, uh, and he goes, what are you doing? I says, oh, I'm going to go to my kickboxing class. He goes, well, what? I go, yeah, I'm going to go to my kickboxing class. He goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and lay down. I go, you just thought I was a fat guy, didn't you? He goes, yeah, I did. I says, you thought I was just an old fat guy. You were just going to walk right through me, and you were, it was going to be a breeze, right? He goes, yeah, I kind of did. And I go, okay, well, what'd you learn here? And he says, oh, you're, you're, you're a lot, lot tougher son of a bitch than I thought. Was, you're, you're in great shape. I goes, yeah, you can be have great cardio, still have a little bit of a belly. I said, but yeah, I just understand, you know, there are people out here who are more than happy to help you out and, you know, do things. And, uh, but understand you can't judge it from what, uh, from what a person looks like. like oh, just, just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go sit down over here. <laughs> I was gasping for air. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, man, you're doing great. You're, you're all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I, it was one of my, one of the more fun times because you can go to work, have a shitty day and just walk in and go, listen, I see a guy over there talking shit, thinking he's hot shit. I think I'm going to hurt that guy today. <laughs> My brother did martial arts for a while. Mm-hmm. I never got into him. Yeah. I always wanted to, just never did. So it, it depends on what you get into. Um, I got a buddy of mine who does uh, some martial arts. It seems more, and it's not an accurate description, but it seems more karate than Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So it seems mm. more gi stand up kind of game versus get on the ground, punch somebody, twist a body part until they scream kind of thing. That's kind of my favorite thing to do, only because, you know, depending on what you grab and how you twist it, it's uh, you you can end the fight pretty quickly. Mm. So. Yeah, I think he did more karate style. Yeah, and I know I went to he, I went to one class with him when I went and visited him up in Wisconsin, but right. um, yeah, it was it was different. I really didn't care for like wrestling sweaty people. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind is, of weird. Yeah, it definitely takes some getting used to. Yeah. The first time I grabbed the dude and he was just pouring sweat, I was like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, I, I had that feeling too. I'm like, you do this for fun? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. but no, I definitely, I wish I would have done something like that. I will say he was in way better shape when he did. Yeah. Because I was, I was ten years older than he was, right. 
And so I always had, you know, must just the years of muscle building on him that he didn't have. Right. And so when he started doing that, though, I noticed like, you know, when you do like the brother, you know, bear hug squeeze and see who has to let go first. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've done those. And or, you know, the hand squeeze and stuff. And yeah, yeah. before it was just it was a no brainer. It's like, oh, that was easy. Beat him again, beat him again. And when he was doing freaking martial arts, I mean, he was, he, you know, within a year, probably he jumped up to where I was, Mm -hmm. you know, he'd start, you know, squeezing me. I'm like, son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. You can't let him win, of course, but it's like, oh, yeah, dude, like, I want to say stop right now, but I can't for on principle. (laughs) Like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just take the broken bone. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm not. Yeah. We had to have some mutual um, mutual back downs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went to the gym here Thursday. Uh, we were doing max. Uh, we were doing max bench, and uh, I, I'm finally back to where I was pre-pandemic. Um, I got uh, I got 315 on the bench twice, and this guy, um, he's a, he's a gym regular. I recognize him. I'd say hi to him if I saw him in the street, but I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But uh, he's look, like looking at me, and like my family member who goes with me to the gym as well, he can do more than I can. And the way we do bench is a little different than what everybody else does. So on most people, they'll grab the bench and they'll go all the way down until they touch their chest and they'll go all the way back up. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's good and bad with that. The good is, you know, it's, it's a full stretch of everything. The bad is that a lot of times your elbows and your joints go beyond 90 degrees. And most bodybuilders that I've seen over the years have always said, you go beyond 90 degrees, you run the risk of injury on your joints. So what we do mm-hmm. is we just go down to 90 degrees, right? But when I go down to 90 degrees, it's still about two inches above my chest, right? So I'm going all the way down, stopping, and then going all the way back up. And I got 315 that way twice. And he's just looking at me like, why are you benching that way? And I'm like, well, because of the joints and da 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 He says, no. He says, it's pretty impressive that you can just stop 315 pounds like right in the midair. And I go, it's harder than it looks. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, my family member, he can do 405 that way. Um, but he's not the, the strongest. The strongest in our in our little circle of friends, uh, Jay, uh, I haven't worked out with him probably in about five, 10 years. He's uh, He's been working super long. He had a regular bench of 550, but he needed three people to, to spot him, one on each side and then one in the middle. And, you know, and the guy was just absolutely just ripped giant dude and but he was in really good shape like almost like arnold shape you know where like you could just tell where muscle groups were because there's some bodybuilders where they're just like a hulking mess of you know whatever mm-hmm. and uh, and he just had everything just all in the right places and the funniest fucking thing about him was there were girls all over him all the time flirting like crazy he's like nah i'm cool Get the fuck away from me whatever and you meet his old lady one of the most plain looking women you know nothing special nothing to look at and you know, you'd see these gorgeous women. Now, to be fair, we were LA Fitness at the time, right? You know, and to be and also to be fair, we don't belong in LA Fitness, right? We don't belong at like a trendy gym where they're playing no. Katy Perry on the fucking radio, all that shit. Oh, um, but we're there and we're doing bench, and these girls walk up, "Hey, how you doing? Hi, my name's Monica." He's like, "Hey, hey, what's going on?" She's like, "Hey, listen, you know, you want to go out?" He's like, "No, I'm cool. Get out," and just completely nonchalantly, you know, pop it off. And we'd be like, dude, she was fucking hot. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I know. And he goes, but here's the thing. He says, my lady, she takes care of everything. 
everything. He says she runs a household. She takes care of the kids. She's a sweet lady. She takes care of everything. She keeps my balls empty. I'm like, I got no complaints. I'm like, ah, guy's got a point. <laughs> Darn straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had uh, I had a similar yeah. situation, and I think I should ever show you a picture of me when I was in, in shape, like in real good shape. I don't think you ever did, no. Okay, I'll just show it to you. But um, yeah. I got... Um, I was in really, really good shape about 10 years ago. And um, I cannot tell you how many times um, women would be aggressive in flirting, like dude level aggressive. Um, There was a girl I was dating. You know where Yakult is? No. Okay. Basically north of Vancouver, right? Way north of Vancouver, more north. So... I had this girl, I was dating her, super nice lady, but she was a bit of a lunatic, so that's why we never went too terribly far. Um, but she <clears throat> she um, and I were at a bar, and I was looking like, there you go. Uh, move that around. A little over. Oh, okay. Yeah. No belly. Oh. Arms, arms were probably about inch and a half, two inches bigger in this point. You know, got a nice thick neck the whole night, right? And these girls, they would literally walk up and start flirting with me right in front of this girl I was dating. And this girl I was dating, to be fair, she's a small town girl. She's, you know, have to, you know, small in, in super tiny towns, the rules are different than, than big towns. And this girl is walking up to me. Hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hey, how's it going? She says, you here with anybody? I'm like, yeah, I'm here with that girl over there. Cause she went to go get us drinks. She's like, Oh, okay, cool. And she's like, listen, you know, uh, real quick, your girl don't have to know. Uh, here's my number. And I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. Thank you for your time. And same night, same bar, a different girl came up, walked behind me. Now, at this point, I'm a bit buzzed. And to be fair, I'm a bit of a lightweight. I, I don't drink manly drinks. I drink these little lemon drops. And everybody's like, bag. <laughs> but we had um, – I had like three or four lemon drops in me. I'm feeling pretty buzzed. And I was like, all right, we're having a good time. It's probably like 11 o'clock at night. You know, we're at a bar. It's one of those uh, small town karaoke bar-ish kind of things. And this girl walks behind me because uh, the, the, behind me is this little aisleway. She walks behind me, runs her hand up and over my shoulder, up and over my head, does one of these numbers, and then runs her arm, her hand down my other arm, kind of like walking by and just decides to do this little loop thing, comes up and over, and then gives my arm a squeeze and goes, wow, and then walks on. And I'm and I'm too buzzed, and I'm like, what the fuck? What, what was that? Like, and I see her walking off, right? But it doesn't, you know, you know, when you're drunk, you know, things tend to be a little slow motion. I see her walking off, I'm like, huh. And I turn back and I'm about to say, hey, hun, I think that girl touched me. And I turned back. And when I turned back, my girlfriend at the time has already gotten up, walked all the way over. And I'm like, hey, hun, hey, where, where'd she go? <laughs> and I turned back just in time to see her grab this girl and go boom and just rocks this girl punches her square in the face don't you ever touch my fucking man you fucking whore boom boom and just starts wailing this chick and i'm like hey hey all right because <laughs> i've always been the one that's had to pursue girls i've always been the ugly dude you know the the geek because i was playing with computers back in the 80s where nobody did that and it was all like you know fucking nerd we're not 
throwing pussy your way. Then, of course, I had to earn every bit of pussy in my entire life. So seeing a girl get pissed that another girl did, did dare touch me, it was like, hey, this is all right, right? She fucking rocks this chick with about four or five good, solid shots. Because she, she grabbed a hold of her the front of her shirt and just boom, boom, boom. And by the time she got to the fifth one, she went boom. And then security came over, grabbed her. You got to get the fuck out, grab the other girl. She's like, fuck that bitch, screaming and shit. You got to go too. They threw her out the other door. And I'm sitting there going, I, I still have half my drink, man. So it's like, all right, well, you know, I, I got to go too, I guess. So I get up and the security guy goes, hey, do we have a problem here? And I go, I want my drink, man. You know, he goes, you can't go outside with your drink. And I'm like, all right. So I drink that. And he goes, we're not going to have any problems, right? And I go, hey, man, she touched me. Uh, I'm a victim here, right? And I'm just fucking around. <laughs> and he goes, you're not a victim. Shut the fuck up. And I'm like, come on, man. It'd be cool, right? So we leave. And to be fair, this is back at a time where I was a little bit younger and, you know, really wasn't paying attention to the roads or anything like that. But she was driving and she had had a bunch of drinks in her and she was pissed off. And we're driving back to her place. It's probably a couple miles on the road. We're driving, and she's just like that fucking bitch. Touch my man. And I'm sitting there going, "All right, this is cool, man." Uh, and I'm just because I can still feel the buzz, and it's it's that nice buzz where like, you know, you're feeling good, you're having a great time, uh, but you're not so drunk that just like you're falling down and pissing on yourself, that kind of thing. And she's like, "I'm telling you right now, you know, when we get back." to the fucking place you're gonna fuck me and i'm like all right getting some yeah. pussy too <laughs> yeah. speaking of not being able to take your freaking drink outside the restaurant or the bar so my relatives i have some in texas too and they came up for our wedding right and since none of, i think only a couple have been up this way so they all did like a couple day loop from portland up to seattle and then back down to astoria and they were up in Seattle, you know, at the restaurant, had a couple drinks. Right. And in Texas, a real fucking state, uh-huh. you can walk down the street with a beer. Yep. So they go to leave the restaurant. Yep. And the poor waitress, the poor waitress that had to tell them, uh, you can't walk, you, you can't leave the building with the, what do you mean we can't? Yeah. What do you mean we can't? They're like seven Texans there, like, what do you mean we can't leave with our fucking drinks? <laughs> and then, oh, my poor uncle, he went off because, like, a block away after they had left, they walked by this, I think he said it was like a Mercedes, you know, M class SUV, right? And like pot smoke coming out of it. Oh, yeah. And he's like, that's fucking legal, and you can't walk down the street with a beer? Yep, exactly right. In fact, that's what uh, a lot of restaurants and bars really had trouble with when they sh- when Oregon shut shut down because they're like, listen, just relax the law so I can at least because they were saying we'll sell beer out out the fucking front window. We we're in trouble, and yeah. <clears throat> this is one of the reasons why Kate Brown is getting so much shit because she was like, shut it all down, I don't care, and all these businesses were like, we're gonna go out of business, and they were like little mom and pop places. They're like, we're gonna go out of business, we're gonna go bankrupt. What are you doing? And they kept saying, listen, relax the law. Just let me sell alcohol out the front door and we're fine. Nope, wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it. And all these places went under. But well, you heard Texas changed theirs a little bit. Did they? 
yeah they actually so you could you could have you know a beer outside but you couldn't buy beer to go so you could go and get your you could go get your uh, tamales but you couldn't grab like a case a big old thing of margarita mix right and so they changed their law where they could do that then right well i had uh, looked and um texas just in fact the governor hasn't signed it yet but it's basically on his desk and he's already said he's gonna sign it where he's gonna do constitutional carry so you can carry a gun open or concealed without having a permit right and this, this one senator jumped up and said hey 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 check this out look at what we're doing right and i'm like and so he's he's touting it and he's like hey we're doing something cool and i completely agree but i'm sitting there and i go hey dude you're texas this should not have happened you should be embarrassed this is the situation you should have went oh shit we can't have that there we'll fix that quietly quietly oh celebrating that shit it's like you coming out and saying listen we're gonna now make cowboy hats legal like you're texas what the fuck do you mean it's not legal yeah well, dude, it was harder to get a concealed handgun license there for the longest time than here. Oh, yeah. Because here, all you have to do is, you know, go down, take a couple hour class mm-hmm. and, you know, fill out some paperwork, fingerprints, and you're done. And, oh, my God, in Texas, you actually, I, I don't know what the qualifications were, but you had to shoot and everything. Really? And it was like multi-day class. You're Texas. What the fuck? I know. You could open carry all the frick you wanted. You just couldn't conceal carry. I yeah, it was see, surprised me too. I did see something really cool though that they said not only are they going to do constitutional carry, but they're also going to put everybody who's had who has had a conviction um, for unlawful carry uh, is going to get expunged, like gone. You know, no shit. Like, All right, cool. Here's the other thing that they're doing, which. I don't know where the bill is at. I don't know if they've passed it and it's waiting for the governor or what, but they're basically saying um, if a suppressor is made in Texas and kept in Texas, it's perfectly legal. And they're taking it off of, they're they're basically saying we're going to make suppressors legal in the state of Texas, as long as it's made in Texas and kept in Texas. Oh, that'd be so nice. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, come on, man, don't make it so you, 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 forced me to move there although i did see something really cool so there's a website called market watch which is you know financial website you know mm-hmm. hey dow jones industrial average you know bullshit they have a where should i retire tool right and mm-hmm. dozens of things and they have a have to have and a you know would like to have right and so i put in listen don't fuck with my guns don't fuck with my money so I want, I want low taxes or no taxes. I want no taxes on social security. I want no income tax. I want low property tax and I want a low cost of living, right? And I said, search nationwide. <clears throat> it came back. The top 10 uh, places that it told me was all in Western Tennessee, which I'm like, I would have never thought of Western Tennessee. I wouldn't have thought of Tennessee at all. I mean, cause other than Memphis and, um, <laughs> Other than Memphis and um, shit, what's the other major city in Tennessee? There's another city. Anyway, other than those That's major cities, Nashville, there you go. Yeah. Those two cities, I don't think about Tennessee at all. Now, to be fair, I'm on the West Coast, so I'm sure that Tennessee doesn't think about Washington. But um, but for them to say Western Tennessee, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I never would have thought of that. Okay, great. Um, I says, listen, I'm, I'm right-leaning on a lot of things. I'm left-leaning on some things. Not a lot of things. Mainly more towards, like, social shit. Like, listen... You know, I want brothels open 24-7, you know. All right. I'm, I'm progressive in that manner. <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, geez. 
exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, I said, you know, these are my criteria. And then I went online on the Zillow and found a $850,000 house, gorgeous. It's like 6,000 square feet. It was built in 2019. It's on an acre. It's got uh, this corner lot, got a pool in it. It's got jacuzzis. I mean, it's gorgeous. Absolutely would love it. I'm like 800 grand, right? I'm looking inside. This thing is beautiful. Love it. And I'm like, well, time to do the adult thing. What are my property taxes, right? Now, my house, 2,000 square feet, about a half a million dollars right now, which even then it's way overpriced in my eyes, but whatever. <laughs> my house, 2,000 square feet, half a million dollars. My property taxes in Washington State is $4,000 a year. 6,000 square feet, $850,000 on an acre with a pool, $2,000, literally half. And I'm like, are you trying to get me to move to Tennessee? Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Huh. Yeah. Tennessee. I was thinking Texas, Oklahoma, hmm. one of the Dakotas. Um, no, I, I know Texas has high property taxes. Who does? Dakotas? Texas. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, Texas has high property taxes. Okay. Yeah. Well, because I looked, and to be fair, this is probably 10 years ago. Um, I looked at Texas. I found a, God, I want to say it was something like a 3,500 square foot house, all brick, beautiful pool, the whole nine in Texas. Had to be on like two acres. It was a massive, massive yard. And they wanted like 350 grand. I'm like, fuck, man. All right, great. Prices have gone up lately. I've been watching it. My house. Everywhere has gone up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, my house last year was 320-ish thousand, I think. My, I talked to a refi guy uh, yesterday because he called me out of the blue like, hey, you want to refi? And I'm like, if you're going to get my interest rates lower, dude, yeah, why not? But uh, he came out and he said, um, my house, he he goes to a website that compares, you know, Mm -hmm. details and all that shit. Yep. He says, I usually, he says, there's a high, a, a middle, and a low. He says, I always take the middle just because I can justify that. And he says, right now, your house is $482,000. And I'm like, how in the fuck do you justify that? And here's why. I had a, I had a, a working theory, and he confirmed it. Everybody in California is moving because they're going, listen, you're taxing the fuck out of us. You're incompetent with your spending. You're allowing illegals to do, to run rampant. The homeless situation's fucked up. You basically mm-hmm. just like piggy banks, fuck you, we're out. <clears throat> so California people are going, we need somewhere to go. The number one place right now is Texas. Austin and Houston are the, are the number one places that people are moving to. However, when they say, listen, we don't want to move to a red state. We want to move to a blue state. They say, well, where could we go? Most people down in, in uh, California think, well, what's the next major city? Seattle. Seattle is just as expensive as the Bay Area. Wildly, wildly expensive. My house would probably be about a million bucks in, in Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. So they go, well, that's a little too expensive. Let me go ahead and figure out what other places I can move. They go, Portland. Portland's a very far left, liberal, progressive city. We'll move mm-hmm. there. Well, all the people that are moving there are coming and saying, hey, wait a minute. I can sell my you know, 1500 square foot house for $2 million down in California, move up here, buy a bigger, nicer place for five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars And now I'm pocketing a million, million three. So now they're moving there. Well, everybody who normally would live there goes, I can't afford this because of course, as soon as these people start, you know, buying these yep. places and they, oh, yeah. they're like, somebody to say, I'll give you half a million dollars. Well, then somebody else says, well, you know, I, I got, 
you know, 550 and they go, whatever, six, they don't care because it's a rounding error for them. Yep. So that's why places are selling like crazy. So then these people who are living in Oregon and the Portland area are going, we got to get the fuck out of here. You know, we can't afford this. I'll go move to Vancouver. And the people in Vancouver are going, get the fuck out. You've been causing it, calling us shitty names for decades. Fuck you. Get the fuck out. They won't. So they're all moving into Vancouver. They're moving into Vancouver. Prices are going through the fucking roof. Ridgefield, mm. Battleground, Yakult, Woodland, all these other like outlying places, which were like hillbilly central and farmland, mm-hmm. are now getting developed super fast. Mm. So my house has shot through the roof. In fact, I looked in 10 years, my house is going to be around eight hundred fifty to $900,000 if it continues on this standard trend. And it's been oh. on this standard trend mm-hmm. for seven years. It's just been chunk, 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 chunk. And I'm like, I'm waiting for <clears> that kind of like calm down and lumber prices of course fuck it up too so what are what are your thoughts on it crashing again like in 08 i don't think it's happening and here's why in 08 the problem was they were giving they were handing out money to anybody with a heartbeat and they're not doing that now they're you know i i give you a perfect example so cnn has been the king of fake news and i use that term not really loosely they've been known to push narratives. And this was a perfect example. They had this woman, and this is in 08, I think, 08, 09. They had a woman, I think her name was Vanessa Gutierrez, something like that. If you do a search, do a search on Google for $70,000 a year and food bank, right? So this woman was, um, they were showing her, and she, the, the story basically is, she was making 70 grand a year, and all of a sudden, in two months, she went from that to having to eat at a food bank, right? Get her, and it was like, whoa, what the fuck happened with this woman, right? It was basically like, hey, things are collapsing. Here's why. It was all bullshit. So they did an interview with her. I very vividly remember the video. I cannot find it, though, for the life of me. If anybody finds it, please send it up. It shows this woman in a house in Malibu. Malibu is one of the most expensive places in the country. She's sitting in her kitchen and they're going, you poor woman, what happened? And she says, well, um, I was working as a, uh, as a, uh, uh, lending officer for a bank. And I'm like, oh, okay. Lending officer. And I mean, I just, for whatever reason, I made a mental note of that. She says, I was working as a lending officer and I got fired. And then all of a sudden, uh, I have to, I have to go get, go to the food bank to make my, uh, uh, to, to make sure my kids eat. And I was like, something, something's not adding up here. You know, what's going on? As I go on through the story, the woman was paying $2,500 a month in interest-only payments, which I'm like, holy shit, what are you doing? She's in her kitchen. She has these beautiful cabinets, this granite countertop, way better than what I got, right? And I'm like, wait a minute. You live in a really nice house. Sell your fucking house, right? And then... She's talking, she's going on and on and on. And I go, something's not right here. Something's not adding up. So they, they're basically playing this poor woman thing. And what really kind of got me was she was, um, uh, she was uh, um, paying interest only on a loan that she couldn't afford as a loan officer. And she had gotten a divorce as well, all within that time frame. So within the two-month period, she got a divorce and she lost her job. So I'm like, okay understandable you got your teeth kicked in whatever but then I'm, I'm sitting there thinking well where's the husband why is he not paying child support whatever but that's neither here nor there so when all that went down do you know lexus nexus sounds familiar 
So LexisNexis is an online database where you can find <coughs> sorts of public information. You got to pay for it, but there's all this information. So I said, I'm going to look her up, right? At the company I worked at at the time, we had a LexisNexis um, uh, subscription. So I went to our LexisNexis person and said, can you look up this name? She says, absolutely. This person, Malibu? Yeah, cool. Tell me what's going on. She bought the house, and this is how I found through this LexisNexis. She bought this house. It was like a 3,000 square foot house. It was absolutely gorgeous in Malibu, California, right, which is one of the most expensive places to live, mm -hmm. for $150,000 from her husband's parents. They took out $450,000 worth of loans against it. Doesn't say what they did with the money, but they, uh, now they owe $600,000, right? But they uh, decided, now to be fair, interest rates were also higher back then, blah, blah, blah. So she was only making 70 grand, and so they're not going to loan on that, so she was paying interest only on that. Well, then the, the dominoes started falling, and so she lost her job, she lost her husband, she's living in this house she can't afford, blah, 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 blah. But CNN was painting it as, oh, this poor woman, the entire economy is collapsing around her and she has to go to this food bank. I'm like, no, she made a ton of shitty fucking financial decisions. But I'm not seeing that. So that's that's kind of why I'm thinking it won't collapse to that level. It may pop and it may go down a little bit, but I don't think it's going to, I think it will level off. I don't think it will go down. I think like my house, you know, it'll go to, it'll probably go to five by the end of the year. And then I think probably next year it's lumber prices is where it's at really. I think the lumber prices are going to push things in, but I think my house will probably go about five fifty, and then kind of you know plateau for maybe six months, a year, whatever, and then I think it'll start to go back up again. It's just it's California people; yeah. they're they're flooding every other place, and that's why you're if you look at an election map, and this is another mm -hmm. thing you kind of tell, Californians really are a fucking virus. <laughs> they really fucking are, dude. Why look at in New York? And New Yorkers. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Map, especially at the county level, it's almost like a flip book. If you look at it from a, from that perspective, look at an election map from say probably the last thirty years, right? At the county level, and look, and you can literally watch blue just infecting other areas: Texas, Oregon, Washington, yep. Idaho is now up there. Which I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Because what they're doing is they're leaving California and they're saying, oh, my God, I'm getting taxed the fuck. I need to get the fuck out of here. In fact, there was a great article. This old woman, she left San Francisco, had a bunch of money, moved to Boise and then complained because she's like, everybody here just has a gun. And I don't believe that they would allow that. And I'm like, you're a guest in their state. You should shut your fucking mouth. Well, that's the thing. They leave, but they vote the same goddamn way. Exactly. What do you, it's the definition of stupidity. You do the same thing over and over and you expect it to be different. Exactly. So then they bring yeah. their ideology and they basically make it California. Yeah. yeah. And, oh my, yeah. Did you hear how California wants to tax people after they leave too? Yeah. They can fuck right off on that. There is no oh. fucking way I would do that. Well, I don't see how they can legally. Like, how can you tax someone's income when they don't live there anymore? Yeah. Well, they, so there's a thing, and, and a lot of laws get tossed because of this, but there's a thing in the Constitution called ex pacto law. And what that means is that you can make something legal, illegal, but it has to go from that day forward. You can't make it retroactive. There's very few instances where you can make something retroactive. And mm -hmm. so like, um, like when people are talking about like assault weapon bans and shit like that, they're like, well, we'll grandfather the end. Like you have to, because here's the thing. You can't ban something of mine 
and tell me now it's illegal it's when I when, when I bought it, it was legal fuck you yeah they can they can but you know I've got they, I've got uh, my uh, my favorite thing here I think I showed you this right oh yeah yep mm-hmm. that's why gun control in this country is dead it is absolutely dead it, it doesn't know it but it's it's dead in fact uh, in about Three weeks there is a gun control case for the assault weapons ban for the ninth circuit which is oregon washington california hawaii <clears throat> i want to say idaho and nevada but i might be wrong on that but basically california has an assault weapons ban and it's been challenged and it's going in front of judge roger benitez who is a very pro to gun guy and he's the one that's been ruling that these gun control stuff has been unconstitutional and so the assault weapons ban guarantee you will come at least on for the ninth circuit will be ruled unconstitutional probably by i'm betting probably october somewhere and then it just gets appealed by the state though it does and they will keep doing it now but here's the fun thing so it's been appealed and here's and here's I, i i pay attention to the back end of things which probably bores the shit out of my listeners but i pay attention to this only because there's a lot of back end shit going on our attorney general is a fucking weasel and he's a big pro gun control guy. But last June, right around this time, the Supreme Court shot down a bunch of gun control uh, or gun pro gun cases. And everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, you've got to make decisions. This is bullshit, right? And I was one of them. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, um, anyway, he, um, uh, he ended up um, I forget who it was. There was a, might have been, um, it was one of the Supreme Court justices um, who's a, a conservative guy. He said, um, you have to understand that when we have these conversations about what cases we're going to take, you go around the room. Hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Right. And John Roberts, who's supposed to be a you know, semi-right-leaning guy, who's really not, said, I will vote down every one of these cases. And so um, uh, Thomas, Clarence Thomas, he was the one who was wanting all these, these gun cases to be heard, but he went around and he says, we don't have the votes. He says, we do this, if, if we take these cases, they will get shot down and that's it. That's the final fucking word and this is dead for ever or until Congress gets off their ass, which we know Congress won't. He mm-hmm. says, we just kicked it, we cut them all loose. And everybody was pissed at us, they're like, what the fuck? Well then Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and then, uh, of course, everybody was like, oh, my God, you have to wait, and blah, blah, blah. And then they brought in that Amy Comey Barrett chick, right? She's a pro-two-gun person as well. So you have her and five other conservative justices, including Roberts, so they don't need Roberts anymore for a vote. So you have a five to four right there out of the gate. So that's why they're taking that gun control case out of New York. They're, that one is basically... Mm. Um, uh, may issue versus shall issue whereas right. in california you know all that shit so mm-hmm. why. in fact that's why they're saying they're going to start taking more gun control cases so assault weapons ban um the magazine ban um constitutional carry uh fuck else oh even um even uh um background checks on ammo all oh. to go to the supreme court at some point in time 
That was the stupidest thing I ever heard of. Oh my god. And people don't know that every town for uh, for gun control and moms demand action, they are both funded by Michael Bloomberg. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that people understand. They always like, oh, we're grassroots for this, for that, and the other thing. They are not. They are funded no. by a billionaire. And they love to talk about, oh, 40,000 people a year die from gun violence. That is bullshit. They include self-defense. They include police shootings. They include suicides. They include all these other things. Yep. So, yeah. No, they, they include it. So, <clears throat> my favorite argument is like, well, if it works, how come Chicago is the way it is? You can take it a step further. You can say, if gun control work, why is the United States 28th rather than number one? There are 20, believe it or not, we are 28th in gun violence, in real gun violence. Like the number of people dead from I want to kill you, we are 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, brother, yeah. well, I got to get to running my old lady's uh, in my ear here. What movie are you going to watch? She wants to watch Cruella, that new Disney movie. Haven't seen that. Yeah, it's it's the 101 Dalmatians, but they do it from Cruella's thing. Problem I really have with it though is Disney is has this very strict no smoking thing. So you remember Cruella Deville when you were a kid? You know she had that long cigarette. You know they're like, yeah, no, she's not she's not Cruella without it. Exactly. I was like, Come I mean, and and I have a Disney Plus uh, set of credentials. I don't pay for it, you know, because I'm like, fuck Disney, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Why not? Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> all right brother well i better run anyway but uh yeah if you want we can do uh we can do a part two if you want at some point yeah whenever you want dude cool, man. heck yeah it was fun see you buddy Ciao. and later okay bye, bye.